Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sports scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Today, joining Sport Faith Life is Matt Hoven, an associate professor and Peter and Doris Cool Chair of Catholic Religious Education at St. Joseph's College of the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Alberta, uh, that's Canada. Matt is a prolific scholar, co-editing a recent book called Sport and Christianity, Practices and Principles for the 21st Century. He's currently working on a book about Father David Bauer, a Basilian priest who founded the Canadian national hockey team. This fits, of course, at the intersection of what Matt loves, religion, research, and hockey. When Matt isn't doing the first of these two, he's probably curating the homemade ice rink in his backyard. Let's get started. Hey, we're so excited to have you here today, Matt. Um, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about some background of sport in your life? Uh, for, for me growing up, I was raised on a farm, and uh, we had a lot of family around. So a lot of my early sporting experiences were on in in the field uh playing hockey baseball uh football that kind of thing uh friends in a farming community get together to play sports uh of course played sports in secondary school uh but also in a rural community we didn't have as much as many opportunities to play uh, organized sport we, we played some through school mostly but i wasn't involved and hockey was a big sport but i didn't play minor hockey um so it was it was in those those areas um, uh, uh, my brother, uh, even though we're in Canada, he ordered Sports Illustrated. He was a big sports nut. Uh, this is, he was like eight or nine and he's getting Sports Illustrated and reading it. So there I am at about four or five and there's Sports Illustrated's around. And, and, uh, so I'm checking it out and, uh, reading that. Of course, uh, we would watch Stanley Cup finals for hockey. Football was, was Canadian Football League, kind of the traditional, uh, media uh, sports we'd often watch uh, as kids, and that was that was kind of my life growing up. Today, um, sports with my kids, and then uh, squash at the university when when it's not a pandemic. And uh, but but it's kind of it, this whole uh, avenue of sport, faith, and life has made me think about the the, the idea of teaching of Saint Ignatius, a fifteenth or sixteenth century saint. We had the, the same finding God in all things. So whether we're in gatherings of, of people for sport or just kind of, you know, before a game and, and wondering about our life and, and about how we'll perform, I, I think there's an encounter with the mystery of God there. So that, that's a bit about my sporting background. Oh, that's a great answer. And I think it gives us a whole lot to talk about just in itself the rest of this time. But Brian, I'm thinking we could ask this to probably a million people. I'm not sure we would have one other person describe their sport background by citing St. Ignatius. I mean, how, how, how cool that is. I think that's going to drive this conversation a little bit. It shows you where Matt Hoven's mind is. I love it. Yeah. So, Thanks, Jack. So, so the next question that I have for you is uh, telling us a little bit about your faith background in life. Uh, so my faith background, uh, again, rural Alberta, uh, that's my home province. So we um, they, we're actually a German and Polish uh, background. So it was very much church life was integrated with uh, family life, uh, farm life. 
so we we grew up next to the church so we were not only going to church on sundays but we would also be mowing the lawns and mowing the lawn at the cemetery and kind of care keep caretaking and that sort of thing so faith was very much just woven into to my life summer camps and and whatnot it uh, really just wove together um and and now when i think about it uh today i i look at my life as a kid and i realize it's really not uh, the life of most people, uh, a, a rural background, but also um, just how intertwined church uh, is in their life. Uh, although we, of course, uh, some people do that. So I, I think my my uh, in, in my life today, it's it's a personal quest in seeking out how does faith live today? How how does faith come alive in my life? And then academically, I wonder about it. How does it come alive in other people's lives uh, in whatever background and, and which has led me uh, to wonder about sport? Uh, another thing about faith in my life is that I go to mass every every Sunday. Uh, our family does. And uh, we just go to a local church here. It's actually a, a chapel on on campus. So we're we're regular churchgoers. And uh, but but uh, yeah, just trying to figure out how, how faith makes a difference in our life. You know, Matt, you've given us uh, a little bit of your your childhood history being on the farm, which some people can relate to, some can't. And then uh, your sport background sounds very familiar. I remember, uh, you know, that Sports Illustrated coming to my house, but somehow that swimsuit issue, my mother was able to grab that before <laughs> I did it. Uh, I'm not sure how she did that. Every, all the other kids were getting the swimsuit issue. And uh, anyway... Somehow that was that was missing. Uh, and, and you've given us a sense of kind of the door you've walked in, the faith door, and how that's sort of now uh, become a way of life for you as an adult. Uh, so uh, beyond those two things, uh, just to get to know you a little bit better, uh, is there something in your life that maybe... Uh, uh, an interesting tidbit, something that you could tell us about. Uh, you know, you know the the reason I was hired at my job it, it wasn't have to do anything with sport. It was about uh, education. So I'm a teacher by trade, and then uh, I went and got my doctorate to study the area of religious education. So how is how is the faith passed down and, and studying how that's been done through the centuries? And so for me, um, I was hired to teach work with uh, teachers. And what's strange about it here in Alberta is that. Our Catholic schools are publicly funded, so they receive the same funding as public schools uh, do, which I know is a very strange thing to to your American listeners. And I'm also I'm at a Catholic college, a small Catholic college, on a massively uh, sized uh, public university here in Edmonton. So uh, just my life is this: uh, faith is there. We have institutions to support it, but it's within the public system. Uh, which which causes um, you know questions and, and thoughts and, and uh, wonderings about how does this all fit together. So that's kind of a major tension in my life. That that might be something different for for the American folks. really kind of fascinating to to see how your life has sort of moved in this direction where sport became something you not only do but something you now think about and uh, experience uh, maybe through the lens of faith or think about it through the lens of your of your faith so you came into this conversation through the faith door essentially through the religious education door whereas a lot of people come in through sport right they, they start with a love of sport and you kind of came in uh, through the back door or front door, I don't know which one it would be. Tell us how you got there. Uh, tell us 
uh, how that. Yeah, you bet. It, it's funny. So I, I've come from uh, a Catholic family, except my grandmother on my on my father's side was uh, uh, they just she was from Bible Church Christian. I, I don't know a particular tradition she was, but um, and whenever Billy Graham was on television, we would um, tell Grandma. We'd run across the yard. They lived in the same yard as us, and we'd say, "Grandma, Billy Graham's on it." So Billy Graham came to Calgary, and of course he brings athletes. And I remember uh, we went to it, and we're at McMahon Stadium. You know, I don't know, thirty, forty thousand people, uh, which is pretty impactful for me to see. And then at the end of it, they asked us to come down to the field. All right, and so we go down to the field. And for me, what I remember was just getting my hands down on that artificial turf and feeling it and touching it. And, you know, I was like eight or nine years old. And I thought, wow, this is where the game takes place. You know, I, and uh, so, so there, there were a few instances like that where sport and, and faith would, would come across. And, and where it's happened more recently in my academic life was we had a, a, a new dean and who wanted to teach this course on sport and faith. And, and our president at the time was at a U.S. Catholic uh, presidents um, uh, of universities, uh, he was at a meeting and they said, yeah, we're this sport and faith thing, it's picking up. So my dean came to me and asked me if I want to teach it. And I went home and I'm like, can you believe this? They're asking me to teach a course about sport. This is incredible. Uh, And I I was just so excited. And that's kind of led me on a journey of of, uh, academic study and, and, and trying to think more deeply about sport. You you know, Brian's a dean himself, but I'm like, as a, as a faculty member here for me, like, I, I gosh, to, to be at a school where a dean asks you like, you know, we need more sport content. Absolutely. That's a place where I, I want to be. So I, I'm not sure that I understand exactly what the structure is of your college and your university. And I wonder how that has um, impacted your ability to, to seek funding for the, some of the research that you've done, or just to be able to do some of that as part of your normal load. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is a strange situation. So we're, we're again, a, a Catholic college on a public university uh, campus. So what that means is that our enrollments are just whoever enrolls. If student enrolls in three courses, they count as three students and we get paid per student. So we don't have graduates. There's not a St. Joseph's College graduate. It's a University of Alberta graduate, but they'll take classes at St. Joseph's College. So uh, in terms of that, we're just looking for more students. And, and our dean knew that we had nothing related to sport and that there's this historical connection with sport. And he is like the energizer bunny, uh, so enthusiastic about sport. He's like, we, we need a course on it. And so that that opened up a possibility. Um, and because of our situation, the college has been able to start a, uh, a, a small fund to help some research projects. And so I've gone to them. Uh, for some help. And and then also um, it's led me to do some work with local Catholic schools where these schools do a lot of sports. And here's an opportunity to think more deeply about faith and sports. So they asked, I just in speaking with them and and worked out and we worked out some contract grants. And so I was able to get some funding to, to help support some qualitative research studies. So it sounds like Matt, your Dean, understood what a lot of people do, or at least tried to grab onto this thing, this attraction of sport. And in other words, it, it might appeal to students and maybe a new set of students that you hadn't seen or drawn into your college before. And so that is, that's kind of that visceral level of sport, that uh, intuitive attraction, of, for, certainly for some folks. And yet for a lot of uh, even religious people, the sort of intersection stops there. It's, it's a very personal, 
uh, sort of faith experiential narrative. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they sort of fill in the gaps. They sort of figure out what role sport plays for them personally. But you, I think you don't want to stop there. I think you want to talk about sport being a place for theological reflection. What, what does that mean for you? What, is, what does it mean to say maybe take it to a level beyond where most people hang out into that area of theological yeah. reflection? Uh, you know, it, that is it. Um, I, I find it as a religious educator, we, we don't necessarily, we, do, we don't talk about faith necessarily that much. Hopefully in our families we do. We have a space for it. Oftentimes we don't have a language for faith, um, you know, we're highly educated people and in our society and, and we don't have the capacity to talk about religion as well. And so what I like about this class um, and in my research, I'm able to engage kind of people's experiences in sport and then put a layer on it of a theological reflection for it. And I think that's why it does attract students in that they haven't thought about faith before. And for the class, I say that I hope you leave this class that you don't think us about sport ever again in the same way. And they, um, I think um, I get a cross section, different faculties throughout the university and, you know, I get varsity athletes, but I'll also get just sports nuts or statistic geeks or just people curious his history historians you you really get a broad section of people because you're saying that sport has such a pull uh in society i you know oftentimes it's in sport that we feel most alive and so i i feel like when i teach my class i try to bring some of that an enthusiasm for sport even though we certainly got to be critical of, of a lot of it but just the, the joy of life of celebration that we don't get to feel uh, oftentimes in the rest of of life and, and to work that through and to think about it, uh, I, I think can make connections with faith and, and sport. I have a colleague on campus that one time told me he taught a, a class on sport and he said he, he should have titled it the class that will make you hate sports because it was, it was really, um, <laughs> it, it was bringing in sport and really critiquing sport in such a way, like opening students' eyes to some of the injustices apparent within sport, some of the, um, the lack of moral development, character development, those types of things, and really lamenting the current state of sport. I get the sense that you're encouraging your students to do something a bit different from that. And I wonder what the what the what you would consider to be the disciplinary background for that. Yeah, you, you know, it's neat. Um, I got an email from a student today that right now they have to watch a live sporting event and analyze it through a, a ritual framework that that uh, draws comparisons with religion. And so they're looking at sport differently. And um, in in doing so, a, a student at, was asking about uh, the assistant coach on a team that was kneeling down during the national anthem, raising his arm up, pointing to the sky, putting his, his, uh, his fist to his chest, um, kneeling on both knees and making the sacra. There were all these actions that at one time was a very personal spiritual action but it was really also an action of justice and of saying, you know, we got to change things. We, we got to seek better equity in society. And so I, I think with the class in that I'm, I'm trying to do that celebrative element, but yeah, you don't want to sport is to make it the class that, that um, to make everybody hate sport, I, I think was, is really an injustice. And I think that professor finally realized it for sure. So you're right. I, I think we do need to have the sociological lenses on. And I know that 
when I would teach students in other classes, I say, you got to take my sport religion class. They'd say, I've taken sport sociology. I don't need to take any more. Like they still wanted to like sport. And I was like, yeah, we get into that because it's important, but there's other ways to, to look at sport and to view it. And, uh, and, and in some ways, I think if, if we look at it, like say through a ritual, uh, a ritual lens, uh, we look at it, it through a, a sport as a, as a ritual performance is one lens we look at right now in class. And, and when they start to understand commonalities amongst religious rituals and sporting rituals, um, I'm, I'm drawing a distinction between them. I'm not saying sport and religion are the same, but I hope what they get is, wow, religion's kind of cool. That's how it works. And then it makes them think, and sport is trying to, it does something similar. And I got to think about sport more deeply. It really is important in society. I, you know, it's not enough just to critique it, but to get into the rituals and understand it, then hopefully will will lead them to, to want to, um, to be leaders in it and to inspire their, their participation in sport. Yeah, Matt, I think um, I'm getting lots of questions that come to mind as you, as you think this through. And I wonder if I can tap into your expertise as an educator and you start talking about this idea of ritual and there's some pedagogical aspects to ritual and to experience and practice. And, and I wonder if, you can identify anything either in those Catholic uh, K-12 kind of schools or in your experience uh, at the at the higher education level where you, beyond content and reflection on content, there are actual practices, actual experiences that you've discovered that you think are powerful, that have changed maybe the way that you've done certain things. Yeah, you know... Um... I guess one fine. So, so we did some qualitative research um, where we interviewed students that were 15 years of age. And then for another study, we interviewed uh, coaches in Catholic schools. And, and what stood out about totally, you know, they had totally different experiences of sport right off the hop. Like, it's just like it's night and day. They're on a different planet when they're when they're into sports, you know, when it comes to this stuff. But for, for the athletes, um, you know, uh, typically the more they had religious practices, it's like uh, if, if you're going to church or if you're uh, um, g- going to prayers on Friday, if you're a, a Muslim, you, you get a, a storehouse, a spiritual storehouse of different practices. And, and you find that those practices are really supporting you and they connect you to, to God, the creator. Um, and so then when you're in sport and you're in these tight spots and you have to make that free throw or you uh, are warming up before the big game or quietly sitting before the big game, these practices will come to you because they're just, they're ingrained in you um, and you find hope and peace in them. And so a lot of times in order to find comfort and confidence in sport, um, these 15 year olds were talking about praying before a game or relying on the prayers of others. Or I even had one girl talking about her grandmother who had died and the connection with her grandmother. And, uh, and just how it opened, it opened things up. It wasn't just about them in a game and who won, but it was, it was saying, how can I perform my best? I've put all this effort and, and, uh, in, into my sport and practice. And I want to move on. Like there's, there's a, they want to keep playing the sport. And then, um, so they start reaching beyond themselves. And so the team might say a prayer, um, but, 
they find somewhere internally they're 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 seeking that, and so they they pray to God. And sometimes athletes actually do it in the evening. That was one thing that maybe at bedtime they're maybe talking about it with God. But as I went through it, it was kind of neat that um, for fifteen year olds who maybe can't articulate well faith and 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 what it means, I had some hard questions for them, and they dug deep, and and there was something there, and and I think uh, that gave me a lot of hope. Uh, I guess as a religious person in that, you know what, there's just something, uh, man, this religion stuff, there's something to it. It really helps people and it supports them and people turn to it in times of need. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it started to change. Um, I guess it, it gave me, um, it changed me in that it allowed me to think, you know what, there is something really here and not to move away from it, but um we got to key into this and it's not just catholic schools but how do we in sport engage it better i'm so fascinated by what you've just shared i mean i i knew a little bit about the work that you had done i knew that you were working with 15 year olds which as you identified is 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 probably a, a relatively inarticulate group to be studying you know uh, re- regarding theological reflection. And yet what you've done is drawn something really profound from the experiences, the shared experiences from some of these athletes and how they try to find meaning and comfort in something that can be very uncertain, their sporting uh, participation. You mentioned that you talked to coaches. You mentioned that it was very different. What did, what did the coaches say? How were they How were they viewing all of this? Yeah, you know, the coaches, it was funny. They um... It, it really depended on their experiences in the past. If they have athletes, had coaches pray with the team, then they just prayed and they're like, oh yeah, well, this is a good thing. But if you were to say to a coach, you should start praying and they've never experienced that before. No, no, they did not want to do that. And they, they, and, and so I'm speaking with people that are educators in Catholic schools, but of course there's a lot of non-Catholics, non-religious people in the schools and, and they'd never want to um, infringe on, person's freedoms, uh, especially with, with religion. And of course, in our secular society, there's this, there's this push of always uh, making religion uh, in the private life, that we leave it in a private life and in a sport, you know, football, well, it's part of football culture. So people pray in football and, you know, but in other areas, can we really do that? And so with the coaches, um, it, you know, they, they were more tentative about it. And, and I just wonder if, if more coaches knew about that, those connections. And, and I'm not just saying it uh, to support the Catholic athletes, but, you know, I spoke with one Islamic student who, uh, who talked about her faith, whether it be uh, praying during a game, uh, during breaks in the game, or even, um, uh, you know, her moral ethical standards uh, from her family that she didn't, she felt like those were, were being were being really pushed when like for instance she was in volleyball and the shorts the short shorts she had to wear she was embarrassed about that you know and and so there's all sorts of things that i i think that uh, if we engage this area uh in you know that that i think it could uh, enlighten some coaches and and uh and and, and hopefully give f- further support to athletes You know, Matt, I think all of this work that you're talking about is um, 
focused on a particular area, a certain group of students, maybe a population in, in a research study, but we're hopeful that that somehow resonates, right? That it connects across the academy. It connects with other groups. And I wonder, you've done a couple of uh, a projects recently where you, you've connected. Uh, you've recently come out with an edited book, uh, uh, Sport and Christianity for the 21st Century. Um, tell us about how you've connected uh, in various ways, and and maybe some um, new ways that you're now thinking about sport based on those connections. Yeah, right. Um, good. Um, I, I think uh, <laughs> I, with trepidation, I'm I'm uh, when I <laughs> when I speak with other people about what I do, the sport people. I, I don't. Want, I told one scholar, and he's just like, "Oh, well, you do muscular Christianity," you know. And it was just like, he could put hmm. me in his box. Good. We'll just move on with that. You know, let's talk about something else. Uh, so, so sometimes I've run into that. Um, oftentimes there's an enthusiasm or a curiosity about it that uh, makes for some, some possibilities for, for uh, conversations. Um, I think the challenge is that uh, we're, we're usually uncomfortable talking about faith. Uh, we don't want to hurt anybody. And I think, People are afraid that uh, folks that are involved in this area of study are going to try to use sport to promote faith, that that's what this is about, that it's trying to win converts through it so that some way, you know, you're not really an academic. You're trying to infiltrate and you're trying to win converts. And that's what it, it's about. Um, and, and it's funny, as, as I reflected on that one, one thing, uh, a project now I'm working on is a is a book about Father David Bauer, who started Canada's national ice hockey team in, in 1962. And he was involved in, in Hockey Canada, the national body for, for the sport, up until his death in 1988. And, um, and it's interesting, uh, as a historical research, to read archival materials about his own writings and the struggles he had um, uh, in terms of how, how does faith enlighten sport? And then also doing interviews with people who are, who are still around uh, about how he did this. And it's been a real eye opener for me that uh, it's not a new issue. It's uh, deep in the roots of sport in the 20th century. And that here's somebody who's saying, um, we don't try to make everybody a Catholic, for instance, on this hockey team. But it was a matter of saying, how can we develop people? How can this build up people? That it's not about money or profits or about only sport performance, but it's about um, developing people and respecting the dignity of all because of uh, we're made in the image and likeness of God is is the ultimate source for him. Uh, and and I think through through that um, it's it's helped me to to um, piece it together. It's not just yeah this isn't about converts or doing anything like that. It's about how, how do we instill goodness and beauty in sport and that we live it truthfully and that it can be a benefit for society? So I'm interested in hearing more about uh, Father Bauer in some ways because, you know, what you said about muscular Christianity, you don't want to be you know, pigeonholed or, or boxed in there. And, you know, none of us want to be pigeonholed or boxed in to, to something that's maybe not accurate. There's nothing wrong with muscular Christianity or the study of muscular Christianity. It's a great subfield. But, uh, but what you're doing is, is different. And, and yet, Father Bauer embodies some of the maybe less well-known streams of muscular Christianity uh, during a time that was maybe a bit beyond 
you know, the real, um, the real richness of the muscular Christian ideology. Um, you know, he, he's a, he's a generation or so removed from that, uh, a much more recent, and yet he embodies some of that. I wonder if you can share a little bit more about his views, his, uh, his ideologies, his philosophies. What have you uncovered so far? That you can share. I know you're working on a major project. I don't want you to divulge everything. Yeah, here. yeah. That's oh, I got. I, there's lots of it, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I, 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 one thing that I, I like about Father Bauer is that his his coaching philosophy aligned with his his philosophy of life. Okay, and it, it's kind of a neat neat way to do it. So, um, at a time when uh, sport was becoming, it just was starting to emphasize. This is in the '60s, right? More of an emphasis on. Um, training methods and and getting on more on sport performance as we develop uh as well as professional hockey was taking over a lot in many ways and he just he was against that and so what he started to see was that in his coaching philosophy was that hockey was about one-on-one battles that it, it's a team game and there had to be a team spirit but at the same time there needed to be uh the ability for a player to beat another player. And it was all about one-on-one knowing yourself and what you can do and putting yourself in a situation to succeed uh, at the game. And that helps build up the team. And so uh, that was his philosophy uh, in terms of, of uh, in terms of the individual player. And then that's to build up the whole team. And within the team, then there's a team spirit. So, you know, it was all about sing-alongs and having a spirit, having having characters on your team to, to, to give joy. And even if it's the worst player on the team and he only gets on the ice three minutes a game, he's going to be able to have one role to do and he'll succeed at it. And that will build up the team, right? And everybody would celebrate that. So um, with that vision, then he took, he, he, that's his vision of, of philosophy of the sport, but in terms of his vision of life, it was about, um, he feared in the 1960s and, and onward that education was getting more driven by just technical means, that we're just learning techniques, um, you know, oh, you're going to be a welder, okay, just we'll focus you on that, okay, oh, you're going to be an accountant, focus on those skills. Where we get people so specialized, they don't have that general sense of life. And, and his concern was that we're people are becoming just a technique and that they are simply doing things. The emphasis is on know-how versus what is living about. Do we uh, celebrate human life? Do we um, celebrate the dignity of each person and develop each person? And that's what, that's what sport needs to be about developing people, supporting communities, celebrating communities, and, and not just simply about know-how and technique. And, um, and so he, he, he really, by the end of his life in the 1980s, he, he got, he got kind of jaded about it. He, he was really hurt by sport. He had been pushed out by the, the, the power brokers in hockey a couple times in 1970 and 1980. And it, it really hurt him. He stayed involved because he still believed in sport though. He couldn't, he couldn't let it go because he still believed that through sport so much good could happen. And, uh, and so he, he still pushed for that. And, and today, many of his uh, former players and coaches still, still speak highly of him and, and kind of go in that direction. 
You know, fascinating stuff with Father Bauer, and it reminds us how the questions of today really are the questions of yesterday as well, right? And we just look at them in slightly different ways. You talk about the individuality of sport and the team cohesion in sport and sort of the psychology of how that is all pulled together, but also the the implications for the way that you coach uh, in in terms of bringing dignity not only to the sport, but also to the individuals as well. Uh, I wonder, uh, as we get near the end of this conversation, uh, you've done some, some theological reflection, too, with some of the initiatives of the Catholic Church, of the Vatican, and some of the things that, um, you know, feel like they're, they're gaining some momentum uh, in terms of leveraging sport. And, and I'm guessing that gives you uh, both some encouragement and some pause. And I wonder if you could kind of reflect on, you said your book was about the 21st century and where are we going? And you have three young kids at home. Where is sport going? Um, a tough question, but give us a little sense of where you're, you're, you're seeing this uh, evolve. Uh, th- this, this is what... Uh... I oh, I'm just almost I'm not speechless. A professor's never speechless, but it's uh, <laughs> it it brings a lot of pain. You know, it's um, you know, there's those moments where you're like, do I really want my kids involved in this? You, you have to ask yourself that. You know, and if your kids are good, it almost makes it worse. You almost don't. Do I want to feed them to the wolves here? Like it. This could be mm-hmm. awful for them. These experiences, you know, and then and then you then I try to sit back and think, well, sport is organized. My kids could be doing a lot worse things than this, and I can support them and hopefully guide them and uh, and and I can't can't protect my children from every every evil. Um, but I, you know, I I think uh, with the the twenty first century and. I think it's neat that the Vatican has gotten into it. Like popes have been, different popes have been speaking about uh, faith uh, since the late 19th century, and it has evolved and it's grown. And now with Pope Francis, it's very, it's very much an interfaith, an ecumenical endeavor where Christians and other religions are working together to support the foundations of sport. And I find that encouraging, um, and. Uh, you know, it, it's it's Father Bauer had this phrase, and he took it from Pope Pius XII wrote this in the 1950s, and then another hockey coach that he was under told him about it. It was um, use technique, but let, let the spirit prevail. And and my sense is that um, if yeah, we we need technique, we you know, sport is about becoming something better, aiming towards perfection, excellence, but if we need to hang on to that human spirit and what this is. So I know when my kids are involved in sport, um, I want them to enjoy it, to still be able to come home and just goof off in the backyard and still connect with that sense of celebration, that sense of joy that comes with sport. And it, and if that completely disappears, then that is a sign that, that uh, they need to get out of sport. And it's a sign that, that Christians and other religious people should abandon sport if if it's not if it's not building uh, people up and if it's not supporting communities, but of course it's done so much good that it's it's worth fighting for and it's worth pushing for um, and and celebrating and and uh, 
I, uh, my, my hope is that people of goodwill and, and reason and, and that will talk practically about sport will see its dangers and, and avoid them for, uh, for a lot of our young people. You know, man, I was going to give you um, a bit of a hard time before we started today saying your answers should start good and get even better as we go on. And I, I just think they have. I think that there's a, a really deep sense of your engagement in sport and, and faith uh, from a very deep theological level, but also your ability to articulate it and, and apply it, you know, in, in, in your day-to-day life and in day-to-day conversations here is, is just fascinating. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. So... I think, too, uh, a lot of us, uh, Chad, myself, and my kids are a little older. Chad's kind of dealing with it now. And you have uh, sort of kids in that age range where you're deciding where they fit. But families all ask us all the time just because of our work, you know, how do I make these sorts of decisions? And I think how you articulated that is often where we end up, which is that sense of is it moving you closer to where you want to be as a as a person, as a human? Uh, is it making you stronger? Is it making you better? And are there moments? I think we ought to give license to uh, everyone to say there are there are places where withdrawal from sport is really the right move. Um, and it's going to be a different answer for different folks. But you uh, tapped into that idea of what sport has to offer and the joy that it has. We're, we're lovers of sport. Uh, and so we really appreciate the way that you've articulated that with all of its strengths and all of its potential pitfalls. Well, you, you know, thanks, Brian. It's uh, it, it's yeah, it's it's fun to talk uh, with you guys about this and, and, and for your listeners to take the time. And uh, I, I um, it, it's funny to speak with you. You know, we met, I don't know, five, six years ago uh, down in Michigan. I was at first sport conference I was at. And uh, met you at Sea Skills, and uh, I found uh, the community in sport uh, there was great and open. And I found a lot of uh, good people in in uh, sports scholarship that are open to to thinking about these issues and uh, talking about them. And I think you're right. As uh, people of faith, we have something different to share, and in a public square, it's really important that we say that and that we underline it, and that uh, we have a have a gift for for society, no doubt. Well, I think you have. So we just want to thank you for the work that you've done, the work that you'll continue to do. And uh, we're just uh, thrilled that you could join us here on Sport Faith Life. Uh, We appreciate it very much. And we hope to see you again in the future. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.